Okay, so uh, welcome everybody. Thanks for making it out to a service. Also want to welcome those of you watching online as well. Glad you are tuned in. Uh, we are in the second week of this series called Would You Rather? You kind of, I assume, get the gist of, of what we're talking about, these questions that we're all faced with in life. And as you saw in the video, here's our big question for today. Would you rather choose freedom or submission? And uh, I know that seems like a joke question, right? Like, Obviously, freedom sounds amazing. Uh, obviously, most of us view submission as a swear word. Uh, we just, we love freedom, you know? Every single one of us, especially as Americans, freedom is such a high value for us. In fact, it's, in our, it's, it's kind of planted in our first kind of official national document, the Declaration of Independence, that we believe that every person has these certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, or basically that we have the right to freedom. I mean, it's just who we are as Americans, and over the past almost 250 years, we've just been pursuing this freedom in as many different ways as we can, and freedom is such a blessing. Freedom is so awesome for our lives. We have the freedom to pick what we want to do in life. When was the last time you just stopped to think about how incredible that was? We have the freedom to choose our profession. Whether we want to be a doctor, an artist, a stay-at-home parent, start our own business, whatever it is, the doors are wide open. I mean, there's, there's hard work and different stuff involved with it, but like there's no, there's no ceilings for any of us. We can be anything we want to be. We can choose how we want to live our lives. That, that's incredible freedom in our profession we have the freedom to travel this country and visit different places and we don't have to like check papers at the Wisconsin border or, you know, have to go through like these different checks at state lines or wear like, you know, a yellow star on our chest or anything like that. That is an incredible freedom that we have in this, in this nation. We have the freedom to choose where we want to live and what state we want to live in, all that sort of stuff. We have, we have the freedom to defend ourselves. We have the freedom to buy and own property. We have the freedom of speech. We have the freedom to vote for, for elected officials that represent us in our government. We have the freedom to worship any God that we want. That is an amazing freedom. We have the freedom to build a facility like this for the express purpose of promoting Christianity in our community. We have the freedom to broadcast our faith on the internet. The freedom that we experience in our nation is unlike most, I mean, it's, it's more than almost everybody else in the world today and certainly more than the rest of human history this freedom thing is so important to us that as a nation we have, we have fought to defend and advance freedom in many world wars over the years. Even 21 years ago as we remember 9-11, more than anything that was an attack on our freedom as a nation that, that our country stood as a beacon of freedom in the world. Terrorists wanted to try and tear that down and, and we came together and united as a people to defend, to protect, to advance our freedom. Freedom is absolutely amazing. But is all freedom good? Is unlimited freedom a good thing for us or not? Because here's what I think has happened in the last few decades, maybe in the last couple generations, that our definition of freedom has expanded to these almost crazy lengths. How, how, how you and I, how our culture defines freedom now sounds a lot more like the Burger King slogan than anything else. Just have it your way, right? 
We want this absolutely unlimited freedom, this unhinged freedom that nobody's going to tell us what to do. We can make our own choice. We can make our own path. We can choose our own gender. We can make up our own truth. All of this freedom. We want complete freedom from any sort of authority or absolutes. And I just wonder, is that a good thing or not? Because here's what I've noticed in our unlimited pursuit of freedom. I think there's actually an unimaginable amount of pain that you and I are experiencing. That the more we pursue this kind of no-holds-barred freedom, the more it actually hurts our lives. For example, many of us today are going to start with a freedom to choose to root for a football team that's going to continually let us down. That hurts. That's painful. Why would we keep doing that? I don't know, but we've got the freedom to choose the team that we want. And I know that's kind of funny, but like honestly, in in some different areas of life. You know what? You and I, we have the freedom to spend our money however we want. But you know what the result of that kind of freedom, do whatever we want, this, this definition of I can do what I want, when I want, how I want, nobody can tell me anything. The result of that approach to our money is that many of us live with the bondage of debt. Is that real freedom? Not so sure. Many of us, we, we have the freedom to use drugs and alcohol, especially as more and more recreational drugs become legal across our nation. We have that freedom. But a lot of us could probably share stories that the result of that freedom is the bondage of addiction. Is that real freedom? We have the freedom in our lives to choose who we want to marry. That's awesome, okay? I wouldn't want it to be any other way. But sometimes that freedom, in that freedom, we choose based off the wrong things. And now there's some of us that could share a story that freedom is the last word we'd use to describe our marriage. That instead there's hurt and pain and maybe even abuse. We have the freedom to watch pornography, especially with cell phones today. It's more readily available than than we could even imagine. But even in our sexually charged culture, there's a cost that comes to that, a cost of always having to look over our shoulders, a cost of shame and guilt, a cost of, of you know, this, this secrecy that we have to live with. We have the freedom to have sex with any consenting adult that we want to. But the bondage that comes as a result of that, the chains of regret the chains of unexpected pregnancies, the chains of STDs, the chains of having to explain our past to a spouse or or someone that we love. I mean, that is an incredible cost. We have the freedom to lie if we want to, but that comes with the cost of of always having to, you know, cover our tracks and remember what we said and keep adding on to it. You and I, we have the freedom to pursue the American dream without limits. But many of us have discovered that that freedom actually brings a lot of depression and discontentment in our lives. Because we're never free from chasing the carrot. We're never free from always pursuing newer, bigger, better, faster, stronger, all that sort of thing. Is that really freedom? Is this unlimited freedom that we want, is that actually good for our lives? You see, we, we call this, this attitude, this do what you want, when you want, how you want. We call that freedom. But in the Bible, there's another term for it. It's called our sinful nature. That every single one of us as human beings have a nature in us that is rebellious against God. We say, no, God, I don't want to do what you want. I want to do things my own way. I have freedom, and we do. 
But all throughout the Bible, we see the results. We can read about the results of that kind of freedom. And the, I'm, we're not going to read everything. We just want to look at one passage in a letter called Galatians. And as we look at these words, I just want us to think about our own lives, me, you, every one of us, to see if these are some of the, the pains that we're experiencing because of our freedom. Paul says this, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, or when you and I, when we follow the desires of our freedom doing what we want, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. If you and I have any regrets as it relates to sex, that's what he's talking about here, the results are clear, the pain is clear. If the results are clear with idolatry, that if you and I have ever put too much time, energy, money, effort into something that we thought would fulfill us on the inside, but never did. If we have regrets, pain about that, he says the results are clear. Sorcery, probably not a big deal for many of us, but hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, that's me right there, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, these list of relationship things. If you and I have any regrets, any long-lasting pains because of the way we treated somebody, because of something we said, because of an email or a text message we sent, we thought we could do whatever we want, but, but now we're paying the price for it. He says the results are clear. Drunkenness, wild parties, other sins like these. If you have any regrets about that one night, the results are clear. I mean, this is basically what we talked about already, that in our freedom, what we think is going to bring us freedom actually causes us pain and hurt in our lives. We think doing what we want, how we want, when we want is going to bring us freedom, but the reality is it leads us away from freedom. That sort of approach to life never brings us to where we want to be. That kind of freedom is actually a mirage. And thousands of years before Paul wrote these words, King Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, wrote these words. It says, there is a path before each person that seems right. There's a way that in our lives and from our perspective, it seems like the right thing to do. It seems like the good thing to do. It seems like it's going to work out. But in the end, in the end, it actually leads to death. That you and I, our pursuit of just doing whatever we want actually causes pain in our lives. And I think we all know that. We could all stand up here on this stage and share a story about regret we have because we did whatever we wanted. And so we've got this, this would you rather question, right? Would you rather choose freedom or would you rather choose submission? And here's the thing that all of us instinctively know, but that none of us want to say out loud. Submission can actually be better. That sounds so un-American, doesn't it? Submission can actually be better. Following the rules can actually be better for our lives. Not speeding brings more freedom than getting a ticket, doesn't it? Staying in your own lane when you're driving brings more freedom than getting in an accident, doesn't it? Following the instructions on how to build that new IKEA desk brings about at least a little more stable. Not totally stable, right? It's Ikea, but like a little bit better result than crumpling it up and throwing it in the corner. Following the rules and expectations and job descriptions at our workplace brings more freedom because we're not worried about, you know, somebody looking over us or losing our job. Not stealing at the store brings more freedom to our lives than being locked up in a jail cell. Sometimes, 
not all freedom is good and not all submission is bad. In fact, submission can actually bring more freedom into our lives. And that's true in a lot of areas of life, but nowhere is this truer than when it comes to God. If we really believe that God is all-knowing and all-powerful, which I, I don't know if all of us do, especially everybody online, maybe you don't, but if we believe that God is all-knowing and all-powerful, don't you think it would be wise to listen to what he says? If God really is the creator of all and he created us in his own image and he knows us better than we know ourselves, don't you think it would make sense to at least be open to hearing what he has to say, to submitting to his rules for life? Sometimes I think we have this, this idea about God that he's just this big cosmic killjoy, right? He doesn't want us to have any fun. He wants to control our lives. Don't do this, don't do that. But like, I think that's the wrong idea. I, I, I tend to think of it more like a doctor. You know, when you and I go to the doctor, there's a lot of rules we have to follow when they prescribe us medicine. Take this medicine in this dosage at these times. Don't overdo it. I don't like to have to follow a schedule like that, right? But when we choose to follow the doctor's instructions, we are better. I would much rather take pills three or four times a day at these prescribed times than be stuck on my couch or stuck in a hospital room. It's the same sort of idea with God. His rules, his instructions are for our benefit. When we submit to them, there's more freedom for our lives. Jesus talks about this in, in his famous Sermon on the Mount. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds house on solid rock. Rock is much harder to build on, okay? It's not easy. It takes a lot more work, a lot more effort. But here's the thing. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. Jesus says, if you, if you listen to my teaching, if you submit to God's ways, your life is generally going to go better. Not that there's not going to be problems and rain and floods and all that, but generally speaking, you are going to be freer on the other side. But he says the reverse is true as well. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. Sand is much easier to build on. Sand is usually by the ocean with nice sunsets. It feels right. But when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Jesus says, listen, we have, we have the freedom to choose what we want. We have the freedom to, to listen and follow or to not. And Jesus says, listen, if you want to Fleetwood Mac your own life and go your own way, you can. That's our choice. But be aware of the consequences. Be aware of the pain and the regret and the heartache that are going to come as a result. This has, I want to make very clear, this has nothing to do with our rightness with God. Okay, this is not about us being more right with God. This is not a salvation issue. Whether or not we follow God's principles for life have nothing to do with our access to God. That is totally and completely Jesus. We should not mix the two. But what Jesus is saying here, what we read in Galatians from the Apostle Paul, is all about our lives here on this earth. How much or how little pain do we want to experience? Because Jesus said the more we follow him, the more we submit to him, the more we, we obey God's instructions for life, the better off we're going to be. And the more we choose freedom, 
The more we choose to just do what I want, how I want, when I want, the more pain we're going to experience. And here's the thing. There are so many applications of this. In fact, every single decision we make in our life, maybe with the exception of one or two, I think comes down to this principle. So many different ways that this can play out. If if you're interested, I would suggest you read Proverbs. Okay, that's a whole book just basically about this. Do you want to do things your own way or do you want to listen to what God says? Week in and week out, we talk about this in in services and small groups and that sort of stuff. But today I just want to talk through three main areas of life where you and I are faced with this would-you-rather question. Would you rather choose freedom or submission? When it comes to forgiveness, when it comes to friendships, and when it comes to finances. These three areas are something that we all have to deal with. Regardless of how young or old we are, regardless of how much or how little money we make, regardless of male or, or female, regardless of married or not, regardless of even Christian or not. These are kind of universal experiences for us as people. And we have a choice, freedom or submission in every single one. We have a choice of, am I going to do what I want to do, or am I going to choose to submit to God's ways instead? When it comes to forgiveness, here's what I know about all of us. We've all been hurt before, right? Every single one of us in our relationships with other people, we have been hurt. Some on purpose, some on accident, some big, some small. But it is something that we all have to deal with. When we are offended by what someone says or someone does. And in those moments, we have a choice. And I know what we all want to do because it's what I want to do too. We all want to hold on to that. None of us want to forgive. That's like the most unnatural thing ever. We want to pay him back. We want to get him back. We want to drag him through the mud. We want to make the other person hurt like they made us hurt, right? This would be yes. I'm not the only weird one here, okay? I know we're all in this together. I've shared several times, uh, you know, stories and and situations that have happened in the past when when I held on to unforgiveness, and I would guess my story is similar to yours. You know what life is like when you hold on to unforgiveness, when you want to pay that person back? Life's horrible. There's there's no joy, there's anger, there's resentment, there's irritability. There's like this, this war going on in our minds. We're replaying conversations. We wake up at night and we're angry. We're, we're upset with people that had nothing to do with it because they're spilling into over other areas. I know in my life there was a situation with a person that, that really hurt me and we still lived in the same town. Do you know what it's like to always have to be looking if they're going to be around? What it's like to go to a store and have to be scoping out whether their car is there or not? To not be able to hang out with friends because you wonder if they're going to be there. That is not a free way to live. We've all heard it before, but holding unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. That's not freedom. We know that instinctively, but yet we still want to choose to do things our own way. But God offers us something different. He says to forgive. That we ought to forgive one another. That we ought to be patient with one another. We ought to make allowances for each other's faults. Sometimes that we even need to bear with one another. That's tough. That's hard to do. Jesus said that we should forgive an unlimited amount of times. No matter how many times someone has hurt us and offended us, we ought to forgive. And I know we like to put up our hands because I want to do this too. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, I don't want to do that. That doesn't feel right. 
We have the wrong idea on what forgiveness is. Forgiveness doesn't mean we forget. Forgiveness doesn't mean we just bury our head in the sand and pretend like it didn't happen. Forgiveness doesn't mean we justify the other person's actions or we allow, you know, that hurt to keep going. That's not what forgiveness means. Forgiveness means I voluntarily let go of my, my desire, my right, my, my need to get you back. I don't have to pay you back. I don't have to make you hurt like you hurt me. That's what forgiveness is. And you know what? You know what the result of submitting to God's instruction to forgive is? It's freedom. It's freedom in our lives. That we are free from the mental battle of what happened and having to replay it over and over again. We are free from having to scope out areas to see if that person is there. We are free from emotions bubbling up when we hear the other person's name. We are free to move on with our lives, what would you rather choose? Freedom or submission? Do things our own way or give God's instructions a chance? How about when it comes to friendships? We have a choice here. We can do what we want or we can listen to what God says. And and here's the thing I think happens sometimes when it it comes to friendships and relationships. Not, Not everybody, okay, I'm not talking about acquaintances at work, but like in our own tight circle of friends, the people we do life with, we just have this general idea, I can do what I want. I can choose the friends I want. I can be around whoever I want. But we could all probably share stories of how that led us to painful situations and regrets. Because here's the truth. Those who are close influence the most. The people that we surround ourselves with in life influence us more than we are aware And when we choose to just do whatever we want, however we want, there is a cost that we pay. Some of us, we never intended to become addicted to a substance. But the circle we were around led us down that path. Or maybe the reverse. We want to get clean. We want to get sober. But the circle we keep is preventing us from doing that sort of thing. The power of association is real and incredible in our lives. Some of us, We want a better marriage. Those of us that are married, I would hope that's a goal for all of us. We want a better marriage. But what I think we miss sometimes is that maybe everybody we do life with is on their second or third or fourth marriage and and guys, the friends we hang out with are always cutting down and belittling their wives or women, ladies that, that you have coffee with or go out to lunch with are always cutting down and belittling their husbands. Maybe we should be aware of what's going on. We wonder why we can never get ahead. Let's take a look at the influence around us. For anything, when it comes to health, when it comes to anger, when it comes to self-control, all of these sorts of things, those who are close influence the most. And so when it comes to friendships, we can choose to do what we want or we can submit to what God says. God says, walk with the wise and become wise. God says, don't be unequally yoked. Don't tie yourself to somebody who's going the opposite direction that you want to head. And and again, this is true for so many different areas of life. If we want to head this way, God says, don't tie yourself to somebody going the opposite direction. How many, just think about this for a moment, how many regrets could you have avoided in your life if you'd just been running with a different circle? I know there's a few in my life few more than I'd like to admit, actually. Regret is not freedom. 
Avoiding regret in the first place is real freedom. You and I, when we choose our friendship, this doesn't mean insulate ourselves from everybody, right? This is not about us just, you know, this little country club to ourselves. But the people we spend the most time with, that we talk to the most, that we do life with, let's make sure they're going the direction we want to head for our benefit. That's real freedom. And this is especially, especially true when it comes to our relationship with God. There is this pervasive idea in our world today that our faith is just a private matter. And you know what? Our decision to put our trust in what Jesus did for us is a personal thing. Everything about living out that faith, living out that relationship with God, takes other people. If we want to grow in our relationship with God, if we want to learn more about God, if we want to experience his presence more, if we want to be used by God more, then the friends we have around us absolutely make a difference. That's why, this is a shameless plug, just letting you know, that's why small groups are so important around here. Because we believe in the power of association, the power of good friendships, that we want to provide opportunities for every single one of us. Whether you've been coming to this church for 20 years or it's your first day today or you're just watching online, opportunities for us to be intentional about being around other Christians, about about having people who are going the same direction spiritually that we want to go. We have a choice when it comes to relationships in our lives. Do things our way. Or maybe listen to the wisdom and advice of God. Walk with the wise and become wise. In our finances, everybody's favorite subject in church, right? Let's talk about money. We have freedom when it comes to our finances. We talked about this earlier. In fact, the freedom with our money is maybe one of the greatest freedoms we have. That we can buy any house that we want. That we can drive any sort of new car that we want. We can go on vacations if we want. We can buy all sorts of new toys and hobbies. But don't raise any hands. Isn't there a high cost to that kind of living? For many of us, we've maxed out credit cards. We can barely make our payments. We're in debt over our eyeballs. We're house broke. There's stress and anxiety and worry. And there's often more months left at the end of the money That doesn't sound like freedom to me. We can do that if we want, but God gives us different instructions. God says that saving is a good idea, that living within our means is the wise thing to do, that having a little nest egg, that that having margin when it comes to our finances is wise. Are we going to do what we want, or should we listen to God? And more than just saving, God tells us that being generous is a good plan for our finances as well. We're not going to read it today, but I would suggest every single one of us read 1 Timothy chapter 6. It's, a, it's from a letter in the New Testament. In that, let me just paraphrase what he says. He, Paul is telling Timothy, he says, listen, some people who become so focused on money, who love money, we end up hurting ourselves. We pierce ourselves with many sorrows. And he says, instead of that, Timothy, tell people, don't trust in money, trust in God, and that when we are generous, we actually experience true life ourselves. That sounds counterintuitive, right? That sounds like it wouldn't make sense. And we don't have to do that if we don't want to. But when we submit to God's ways, when we give, when we loosen our grip on money, the result is that money loosens its grip on us. And we are freer as a result. Which would you rather do? Freedom 
or submission. And again, there's, there's so many different applications and ways this can play out in our lives. These are just three of like the big ones, right? But in every single decision, this is our choice, freedom or submission. Submitting to God's ways is not always easy. I'll give you that. Following God's instructions for our lives doesn't always seem to make sense on the front end. But haven't we all tried our own way long enough? Couldn't we all share stories about the pain in our lives because we chose to ignore what God says? I want to read one more scripture this morning. It's found in Romans chapter 6. And Paul says this, Don't you realize, like pay attention to this, don't you realize that you become a slave of whatever you choose to obey? We've all got a choice is what we're going to obey. You can be a slave to sin, or in other words, we can be a slave to our own freedom, doing what we want, but that leads to death. Or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God he's offered us a better solution. Thank God he's given us instructions for life so that when we think we want to go this way, we have a wisdom from above that, that leads us and guides us a different way. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I want more of that. Okay, in my life, I want more freedom. I want a better life. I want what Paul calls righteous living. But what about you? My suggestion to all of us would be maybe we ought to build our foundation on what Jesus said. The foundation of submitting to God's ways for our life. Let's pray before we head out. Father, thank you for giving us your instructions. You didn't have to. You could have just created us and boom, put us on this earth and just let us figure things out on our own. But you loved us too much to do that. You care about our lives. You, you see the pain and the hurt we go through. And God, I believe that your heart breaks when our lives don't go the way that you planned, when we don't follow your best for our lives. Father, I am asking that you would help each one of us to, to take on this new way of doing life to choose to submit to you. Father, would you, would you give us the, I don't know if it's courage or guts or whatever, to start to not only look at your instructions for life, but actually follow them. God, we want our lives to more line up with what you say is right and true and good. And Father, I, I just believe Jesus said it, you told us writings. I believe that our lives will go better if we do. And God, that's That's our desire. This is going to be hard. This is not going to be easy, but God, I'm asking for your help. Would you lead us, move on our hearts, open our minds to actually want to submit to your ways for our own benefit. I ask in Jesus' name, amen.